like a regular donut you know it's made with refined sugars and fats or whatever and so that it tastes delicious but over a long period of time you know if you keep consuming donuts it's gonna have a negative impact on your on your and one quick note about the audio on this one um per the brand the audio isn't that great you know i'm way too loud and parker's way too quiet i was using airpods for the first time recording this and it wasn't the best um someone who knew what they were doing would have turned me down in the editing process and turned him up but i don't know how to do that so just go ahead and do that on your own while you're listening all right episode 27 of golf needs you podcast where golf industry creators entrepreneurs and professionals walk us through their personal stories on their professional journeys and tell us a little bit about how they got to where they are today Uh, like any successful podcast we're coming off a couple month hiatus for absolutely no reason Uh, however the the clamoring from all around the world to get the show back on the road was just too deafening to not so here we are I'm uh, looking forward to the summer here with Rams Hill being closed where I can spend a little more time talking to creative people and learning from them. Uh, one of those is Parker Anderson, my guest on today's episode. Uh, Parker is the founder of Greener Golf, a really fascinating guy with a really cool story, um, doing a lot of good for the game of golf and also, as you'll hear about, doing good for bees who need our help right now with some of the challenges that they face. So again, thank you as always for listening. Hopefully we can get a little more regular with uh, these episodes, and maybe we won't. We'll find out. My name is Will Mayo, Director of Golf Sales and Business Development at Rams Hill Golf Club in Brago Springs, California. This is episode 27 of Golf Needs You with Parker Anderson from Greener Golf. Thank you as always for listening. All right, and we have Parker Anderson joining the show from Greener Golf. Thank you for donating your time to me today man yeah it's my pleasure will always happy to talk you got it um first question i ask everybody is uh you know you're in an elevator with somebody and they ask you what you do for a living what do you tell them well i would i would uh make it easy by just saying i'm a golf sustainability consultant that uh encompasses a lot but basically Mm -hmm. i use golf as a tool to connect people to nature and, and get more out of these beautiful green spaces that are, uh, you know, in, in a lot of communities and um, try to help change the narrative of golf. Golf often has a negative narrative to it, but I think that uh, there's some possibility to create some real positive stories and opportunities out of these, these golf courses. Yeah, and, and people need you to be doing that for them probably more than they even no. What, uh, how long have you been doing this under the Greener Golf tag? Uh, well, it started off as a master's project at the University of Michigan. Um, did a, a study of the two golf courses there, just from an ecological uh, and social um, and economic perspective, just a holistic sustainability uh, glimpse at those golf courses and how to create some more opportunities there. And then you know, I worked in the, in the research and academic world for a while for the University of Minnesota, running a, a research lab for the USGA called Science of the Green Initiative, focused on golf's relationship to the environment. And I just saw a really big need um, to implement some of these ideas and, and some of this research. And so 
uh, the greener golf business was 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 born out of that um, that work, and it's it's been going since about 2018, um, and it's been really positive. I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of aspects of sustainability that I focus on, but um, there's some that are um, more in the forefront than others, and one is one is water issues, but one is uh, uh, bees and pollinators and and creating healthy ecosystems out of out of these golf courses. Um, it's difficult for golf courses to describe their sustainability efforts, and uh, I think bees are a great way to to get that get that conversation started. Yeah, the the, the dumbest way that I've explained what you do to someone else is golf bee guy, which doesn't you know, like doesn't begin to touch the yeah. surface of what you do. But I do think every like it seems like people are bees are on the forefront of folks mind recently probably for better or worse i guess with some of the challenges they face but it's a neat way to get people's attention i would think yeah. and i imagine that you've seen that maybe at like where you have your setup like at goat hill and stuff have you seen people have more conversations because of your work there yeah absolutely i mean i've been kind of typecast as the golf bee guy which is which i'm i'm honored to have that title <laughs> I know it's, I know it's only a fraction of, of what you do, but no, but it's a big part of it. I mean, I'm passionate about bees and I love bees. And I, and I think that uh, a lot of people understand the, um, the importance of, of honeybees, especially, you know, because of basically one out of every three bites of food that we consume is reliant on pollination from, from bees. Mm. And people recognize that, Bees are an important part of our agricultural system, and without bees, uh, we're in a big, big problem, big problem situation. And uh, basically, you know, bees are going through a really difficult time right now with uh, an issue called colony collapse disorder, which is a uh, caused by a multi multiple things. And so, you know, golf courses have this opportunity to provide kind of a safe haven and a bee bank for for pollinators and you know i think that requires some smart management from the, the superintendent and the golf course manager's side and so um you know bees are what's called an indicator species meaning if bees are healthy in an area that indicates that the ecosystem is healthy and so it's a great kind of foot in the door starter way to describe a golf course's sustainability and um, so it's been really positive, like the work at Goat Hill and a couple of my other clients have really found a lot of value in um, supporting bees. And, you know, there's a little bit of honey involved, which is which is really positive, but it's primarily a, a focus on creating a healthy environment for bees and for golfers. A lot of it has to do with just safety. Uh, bees will live and move into any sort of cavity on a golf course whether that's in a tree or in a ir irrigation box or something like that and those aren't always in convenient places for for golf so you know creating uh, a formalized beekeeping program allows for bees and humans to safely coexist on the same property and thrive and so at goat hill we have uh, areas dedicated to pollinator flowers and and John Ashworth has done a really great job of, of supporting those efforts and 
there's an apiary located up on the hillside on 12 so you can see it from the tee and it's it's really a showcase piece for the for the golf course and and its sustainability efforts and there's just been so many positive uh, conversations and stories and people excited about it that it really has um, gained a lot of attention and traction and and I'm really excited about you know the future there because it's uh, you know become part of part of the fabric of Goat Hill. Mm. And it's probably not as measurable when I guess you look at what makes your work successful. But I wonder if I wonder if by having that there and like you know how many people come through there and feel part of that community. I wonder if like the presence of your work then puts sustainability more on like the front of mind for Joe Golfer. And like if so, like what do they? Like, what does Joe Golfer do to be more sustainable with the way they interact with golf? Yeah, and that's a good good question. Um, yeah, and and it's often not, like you said, not in the forefront of a golfer's mind of of the sustainability of the golf course. You know, the the superintendent and the management of the golf course side is often kind of behind the curtain. You know, kind of hidden from from play and intentionally just to kind of uh, keep that um, you know, space seeming open and, and so forth. And the superintendents do a great job of, of kind of being up early and out of, out of the way. Yeah. Um, it's like Disney, of- Disneyland when no one sees the trash get taken out. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's this kind of underbelly of, of, uh, of people at work there. And um, it, it's, uh, it's really fascinating to, and, and it's, it's amazing to see the, the work that goes into a golf course. And I think just the, just the golfer, I think if you can understand a little bit more about how the golf course is set up and what goes into keeping a golf course um, playable and, and enjoyable is, is really important. You know, we have a lot of, just from sustainability perspective, every golfer can go out and they can fix their divots and fix their ball marks and, and things like that, which is really easy. And, and it's part of, you know, should be part of the etiquette of the game, but just those small actions have a result in the, in the quality of the playing experience. It, re, it takes some burden off of the superintendent so they can focus on some of the bigger picture projects and so forth. So, um, and then, you know, with regard to the bees and so forth, it's, it's, and, and just the golf course ecosystem, you know, it's, Things like having a beekeeping program really highlight some of the other values that a golf course has other than for recreation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny how, um, you know, golfers will be playing and they'll see the bees and they'll just start talking about it with, with their, their right. guests or their playing partners. And it kind of creates this um, good conversation piece and, and really it, it, provides a lot of value to the golfers and especially the, the frequent golfers and the members of these courses, because I think they have a lot of pride in, in their course being sustainable and being a, in a positive impact on the community. Yeah. Well, and that kind of leads me to another question I had and, you know, it probably sounds like a stupid question on, on the surface, but like, why does, other than being the right thing to do, why does sustainability for golf matter? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big question. And you know, in the past, I've, I've, and I still deal with this all the time. Is there's, there's often this kind of uh, ideology of this conflict between 
environmental stewardship and good playing conditions or economics mm. like there's always there's been this uh this thought of it's a zero-sum game where if well if i have to dedicate funds and resources to creating some sort of sustainability initiative that's going to take money away from the the funds i have to create better golf conditions and that's not yeah that's not the case at all and i think um you know sustainability interests and activities really enhance the playing experience golfers value sustainability in their in their uh choices of of places to play and it results in in long-term better playing conditions and a, and a better golf experience um which is funny because i feel like folks could like this is, i once i said i go out on a limb of something i'm probably going to delete so i'm going to make an analogy that probably sucks um <laughs> It's like, it's like, I always feel like there's this part of me that's like, well, you know, I like eating donuts, but I don't really want to know like what goes into it. I just accept that there's some really shitty things in the donut, but it tastes really good. And I feel like, I wonder if like folks like think, well, yeah, you know, golf, this golf course is really beautiful and there's probably some chemicals and stuff I don't like, but I mean, it's just the price I pay for a good golf course. But maybe if, yeah, I don't know how you yeah. make a golf course nice without some of those bad things, but presumably there are lots of ways. Yeah, well, we can go. We can go with your donut analogy. I like that. Sure. So, okay. <laughs> so, like a regular donut, you know, it's made with refined sugars and fats or whatever, and so that that tastes delicious. But over a long period of time, you know, if you keep consuming donuts, it's gonna have a negative impact on your on your health. And so, oh, yeah. going back to the beginning, to the to the actual donut, if you if you creatively found alternatives to how you create this donut whether it's organic products or some sort of like um you know fruit sugars or something like that that has has le has less of a negative impact on your body than a than a standard donut um you know it's, it just requires a little bit more creativity at the initial start and the initial creation of the of the quote-unquote donut and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh you know it, it it'll have a long-term better better impact um and i think that kind of relates to golf courses if if you continue to put a lot of uh, a lot of inputs and applications and it's going to have a, a, a an impact on the environment whether it's um, the water quality or the soil health or the health of the ecosystem and the species that are present there so if, if that's something that you're interested in is the long-term health of the golf course um, then then it's about how do you continue to manage that golf course in a way that um, facilitates long-term health and health of the, the watershed health of the soil uh, microbiome and health of the bees and other species that are present there yeah, we'll listen to that back and see how stupid I sound and then consider, <laughs> consider whether or not that makes the show. Um, so going backwards just a little bit, um, you know, so I probably yeah, ingest the bee guy, but obviously you're more than that and no dummy went, you know, studied at, which is defined as the best school in the world as the University of Michigan. Uh, yeah. What, uh, yeah, man. so like what, I know other bits and pieces of your story, but you, where did the PGA and the GCSA come into play for you? Was that before you went to, did your, your graduate school work? 
Yeah, so when I was in undergrad, I did a couple internships kind of in the finance world, and, and I realized that working at a desk was not um, something that really suited my lifestyle. And uh, Where'd you do your undergrad? Uh, UC Santa Barbara. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so um, between surfing and stuff like that, I somehow got through, um, <laughs> got through that. Uh, and... You know, I, I've always been passionate about golf and really have been, been really big into environmental movement and stuff like that and connecting to nature. And so I decided to off a career. So I started working down in Palm Springs, just outside service and, and uh, you know, playing a lot of golf, uh, playing some competitive golf and, and went the PGA route, so the club pro route. So I was a a club pro for a while down there and in places in the Midwest. And I love to teach. So that was kind of part of it and got into uh, junior golf. I ran the Hawaii State Junior Golf Association for a couple of years. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I've always just been, found this this connection between golf and environmental stewardship and sustainability really of interest. And I've just had this internal conflict of like, I'm in the golf business, but it's not necessarily sustainable so I had this conflict and I just saw that conflict as an opportunity uh, to, to create um, you know to help shape that narrative of how golf course golf courses can be sustainable and the industry can be you know have a really positive impact so um, I, I got into to grad school at the University of Michigan I did a dual degree masters there landscape architecture and uh sustainable systems and you knew that you wanted to, to use that for golf at the time even yeah yeah so i went there specifically focused on golf which allowed me to really dig deep um i, I lived at one of the golf courses there as a caretaker i worked on one of the maintenance staffs for like 10 hours a week in exchange for free rent which was amazing great yeah. great group of people out there and two really good golf courses got the Alice McKenzie blue course and then Pete Dye's first 18 hole course which is Radrick Farms mm. and uh, they're both on just beautiful pieces of property um, just that campus is incredible and as you said it's it's a great the best school. school in the world yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, so I just found um, that to be a really positive experience and and there's just a, such great opportunities for golf courses to enhance their community value and enhance their uh, position in the ecosystem while also creating a really great golf experience. And so that's mm -hmm. kind of the intersection of sustainability is how do you, uh, it's good for the golfer, it's good for the ecosystem and it's good for the community. Um, are, are there a lot of people doing like golf sustainability consulting or so what you do i mean is it is there a lot of a lot of that going on or are you fairly unique um i i think there's there's quite a few people that that dabble in this i know a lot of go golf course architects value mm. the the impact of the ecosystem just because you know creating a golf course has such an influence on the ecosystem mm. but there's not too many um pga members that are also gcsaa members um I became a GCSA member after grad school once I started working at the University of Minnesota and running that research lab through the 
the turf grass science lab at University of Minnesota. Um, and that's the golf course superintendent association of America. Yep. Yep. And, uh, so I'm an educator uh, E class, which is an educator. Um, and so I, I, I give a seminar at, uh, the golf industry show every year and, uh, do some work with the GS GCSAA. Um, but that's been a really valuable network to tap into as well, because superintendents are kind of the boots on the ground folks that you know, actually do the, do the work and the implementation and often limited resources and limited time. So creating more efficiencies for, for them is really something that I value in, in my work. And um, so, but sustainability initiatives really are intent, intending to you know, be better for the management, create create more value, and and allow for uh, you know more more impactful um, use of the golf course. Uh, yeah, I always think it's interesting. Like the whole impetus of this for me, the project, I guess, was you know when I was coming out of school and at Michigan, and I wanted to work in golf, or I decided I wanted to work in golf. I had no idea like, you know, how many different ways people make a living in golf. Like I like, literally just thought like, well, I guess like I could try to be a PGA professional, but like I'm not that good at golf. <laughs> I was worried about the PAT, but I was like, I, I don't know any other way that people work in golf, which, you know, seems kind of like obtuse looking back. But at the time, like I just didn't know. And then now, like as I do work in golf and I'm not a PGA professional, like I see so many different people creatively or otherwise making livings in golf and I just thought I just find it really interesting and like people don't recognize just how many different ways there are to contribute I think yeah. it's cool that you carved I mean who would have thought bees in golf right yeah I mean there's there's I've worn a lot of hats in the golf industry and but there's there's so many more you know there's a uh, huge huge uh, industry and financial and economic impact that the industry um, creates through uh, just the, the supplying of resources and just the amount of people involved from the recreation to the, to the professional side as well. And, um, you know, and golf courses are kind of these green spaces in urban environments and, um, you know, they have they have a significant footprint in our society and you know my my role is to get as much out of that footprint as possible and really help shape the narrative that uh, you know golf is important to communities and golf is important to our our society and our culture and um, important to the bees so yeah yeah what uh, what's the big, biggest difference between golf in Michigan and golf in Southern California yeah, man. Um, there's there's uh, a little more seasonality in Michigan, a little more tree issues, um, different trees, obviously, and um, you know, water quality is probably a bigger issue in Michigan. Water quality is an issue in California, but water quantity is probably the biggest issue yeah. in California. Um, you got to get your rain gear out sometimes in Michigan, whereas I don't think I've ever used my rain gear in California. <laughs> no, I'm pretty spoiled. Yeah, but uh, 
turf turf species you got those cool season grasses up in up in michigan that you can just get lush and um tough to play out of the rough and in california primarily have those warm season grasses like the the bermudas and stuff like that which are really fun to play on but i just love the the change and the difference you know it's um I just think of Radrick Farms at University of Michigan was really uh, an amazing piece of property because it was connected to the botanical gardens and this this area cons in conservation called Radrick Forest. And so there was just tons of uh, species of trees and wildlife and uh, you know there's all these black raspberries around and there's just a lush, really um, incredible ecosystem to play golf in because you're, um, there's a lot of things going on on the out of play areas. And I think in California, there's, you know, down at Rams Hill is, an, is a good example is the golf course is immaculate, but it's kind of sitting in this, in this desert landscape, but you have to be a little bit uh, more aware of, of what's going on in the out of play areas. There's, there's still quite a bit going on. I mean, the, the desert ecosystem is, is very active, but, um, just the landscape and the views and and the the type of grass and so forth are very different but uh, I've, I've used your name you just got to get the ball in the hole yeah, i've used your saying that uh, everything's just a little bit gnarlier in the desert man you got bunnies yeah. with giant ears and bees the size of your fist or whatever yeah. those wasp things were yeah yeah and and those, it, those, we saw a snake and yeah everything's a little gnarlier to survive out there yeah you got to be pretty hardy this has nothing to do with anything here, but that's usually how this goes. But that maybe I was telling you, maybe not that there was this dog running around out there for months. Someone, some, some jerk dropped off a dog. I was living out there, living out there for months in, in the desert by Rams Hill. And, you know, there's coyotes everywhere. They're scooping up people's dogs left and right. And this gnarly dog man just made it and so we our staff and willie are in the team out there started setting up cameras and stuff to try to you know catch this dog on camera yeah. and and so we kind of learned its patterns and then just became a whole big like ramps hill effort we were going to rescue this dog and the dog was so skittish wouldn't come by anybody's matted you know and just doing its thing and scared and finally they caught they, they got it in like a, a live trap and they rehabilitated it and then i just got a picture of it yesterday that it's with the family like chilling on the couch or some little girl playing on her ipad it was cool amazing <laughs> yep again that has nothing to do with anything but that was top of mind that dog has seen some things and been <laughs> yeah. we no kidding man um wow well uh last question here i guess two two questions so what what does like success in the future look like for you and greener golf are you just prospecting for more like golf course opportunities to like set up shop at or what does that look like and what does success look like from a business side and, and also like from the results of your work yeah i mean um it's multiple scales here i guess one is uh you know personally i'd love to see a golf course and there's a few that have committed to completely sustainable operations so mm -hmm. no no outside inputs and no negative outputs um, mm. and and having a positive impact on on the ecosystem i think there's some really creative ways to create nutrients on site you know there's all these waste products on site 
of golf courses and um, but oftentimes we import our nutrients and our applications stuff like that from outside and that has a that has significant you know energy and carbon and ecosystem impacts um, so that's one one goal is to have a completely sustainable golf course um, I'd like to get get my foot in the door at as many golf courses as possible just to have conversations about how they can be more sustainable and better stewards of their of their community and their environment um, I think uh, you know bees and beekeeping programs are, is a great great start but there's a lot of a uh, lot of opportunities that a variety of golf courses can engage in to to become stewards in their community and really demonstrate this new narrative that golf is valuable um, uh, there's there's some challenges I mean we're kind of experiencing a little bit of a golf boom right now which is exciting um, mm -hmm. especially for a guy that lives off commission yeah yeah, yeah exactly and uh, but the, the future of golf is a little little shaky I think I, I mean I I see that in urban areas especially there's there's more demand on space we've got increasing population and demand on land and um you know, access to, to green spaces is really more and more valuable. So there's a lot of pressure of these these urban golf courses to become something other than a golf course, whether it's development mm. for housing or, um, you know, just a park. And so having a really good sustainability story for every golf course is, I think, is really important tool for just demonstrating why it's important to be a golf course. Um, you know, this this uncertain future of golf is is um, it's not really going to impact the the high end private clubs. They're always going to be around and be and be fine. And unfortunately, the the golf courses that are under threat in the future with with this increasing demand on land and resources is these municipal daily fee kind of local local munis. And yeah. um, that's really unfortunate because there's some some great uh, municipalities, golf courses, and I really appreciate things like the National Links Trust that's taken over the three golf courses in the in the Washington D.C. area, mm. and they're really promoting this narrative of accessibility and community engagement and sustainability. And I think really focusing on the on on those efforts is really important. That's that's kind of what a majority of my my work is. So. You know, as we're experiencing this this little golf boom right now, it's it's really exciting. But I think really preparing ourselves for a resilient uh, narrative and a resilient kind of management practices to going into the future is really important. While we have this uh, the resources now. Yeah, man, and, and I'll tell you what. Did you see about Barona Creek down there in um, Lakeside? The golf, really nice golf course. Yeah. Uh, they they're shutting her down to, to nine holes as opposed to 18 just with some of the water restraints and wow everything else and you know it's like that was eye-opening to me because i could see that coming from some of these places that are are struggling about little munis and whatnot but like man that place yeah. is attached to a, to a money factory at yeah. the casino and and if yeah. and if they're shutting it down then yeah it's scary to think where some of all of our other favorite golf courses could, could go with some of the constraints like you mentioned yeah exactly i mean 
obviously water is a huge issue out here, but I think using water efficiently and then getting the most out of that irrigated water, whether it's the out of play areas and, and kind of cycling through that water a few times rather than just applying it to the, to the turf and letting it, letting it uh, go through that system, mm -hmm. um, you know, creating plantings for bees and other, other wildlife is really important. And, you know, it's, it's tough to hear stories like that, that there's, um, yeah, Barona Creek is a great, great golf course. I played there a few times and yeah, great um, golf course. Yeah. To shut yeah. it down to nine holes is really going to have an impact financially on that, on that business, but also, um, you know, may have, may have some indirect impacts as well with it, with that ecosystem. So, mm. you know, we'll see. Yeah. There you go. Your next client. Um, yeah. uh, last thing, uh, just a shameless request. Do you have any breaking news that you want to break on the, the podcast here that we can, uh, you know, promote it with? Uh, uh, breaking news. Yeah. It can be, you know, personal life. It can be your work life. It could be your like, golf, golf game life. Sure. Well, I'd, I'd love to plug the National Links Trust um, Symposium on the Future of Municipal Golf. I'll be a panelist on the sustainability panel. Nice. Um, when is that? Part, uh, it's in November. You can check it out on the website, the National Links. Uh, the Goat Hill Park has just had a, a first honey harvest, which I think you got to sample. So you're I did. You're an early adopter of the Heck yeah. honey program there. Um, that's really exciting. And the beekeeping is, is thriving there. Um, yeah, and just, just exciting things in the sustainability world. There's a variety of things going on and there's so much uh, interest in the, in the golf community from a you know, PGA tour and professional tournament operations level to the local munis as far as efforts to to, to uh, adapt and become better sustainability stewards so there's there's so many exciting things going on and i'm happy to be a part of it absolutely man well i think we're all thankful whether we recognize the work you're doing or not so thanks, thanks for man. what you do and thanks for taking 34 minutes here with me man i really appreciate you and anybody who wants to follow your work, the best place would be Instagram and, and your website. Yeah, Instagram at Greener Golf with an underscore there. And my website is greener.golf. So pretty easy there. And there uh, also, I want to thank you, man. I mean, like the what I feel is probably the most important work in the sustainability in golf movement is the storytelling aspect and sharing what's going on with others because you know, the more education and the more storytelling about what is happening at an individual course or the industry-wide, you know, more people see that and more people understand that, that golf is important. So appreciate what you're doing too. You got it, man. I'll continue to do that even beyond this fake podcast. I'll <laughs> share your work everywhere. But uh, you're the man, dude. Parker Anderson, Greener Golf, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Will. Thanks, Parker. I'm playing golf this weekend I'm on the tee box swinging 
Stone. 